Here are the highlights from the latest episode of Free Talk Live. Visit freetalklive.com for the full episode. Here are the highlights from the latest episode of Free Talk Live. Visit freetalklive.com for the full episode. Kanye West, not someone we normally talk about here on Free Talk Live. We don't do a whole lot of pop culture. Because why uh, would we? Right. Yeah, I mean, normally pop culture is pretty vapid. There's not really much of import that that goes on there. It's generally considered a distraction, I think, by people who like to talk about deeper issues. But every now and then, somebody in the pop culture world kind of wades into uh, some serious issues. And uh, Kanye West has apparently now been locked out of both Instagram and his Twitter accounts. For being a white supremacist. He's some kind of supremacist, maybe. It's not real clear, uh, you know, at least from the mainstream media. You, if you just believe what they say, then you would think that. But what does he actually believe? I don't know. <laughs> well, he was talking about going Death Con 3 on Jewish people on Which Twitter. Which is funny in and of itself, because he said Death Con Did, with the TH. Do you think he just made a mistake? <laughs> no. I think he... He, I don't know if he's having some sort of psychotic break, but I would say probably for like almost the past 10 years, like even that before he's been having a 10 year long psychotic break. Yeah, he's which I don't know if a, like a long term psychotic break is a thing, but he's definitely been acting strange. Like early Kanye West mm-hmm. was not this crazy and he wasn't saying these outlandish things. So you've been following his career then? Yeah, okay. I would say so. Yeah, good so, rapper Kanye West. And I know, and that's maybe that's the the difference, right? Because before his music was pretty good. Like I, I listened to it, I thought it was all right. Mm-hmm. And then once his music started sucking, then he started going crazy. So mm-hmm. there might be a correlation there. As an artist, you don't really want to care what people think about you. Although to some extent. You ultimately have to because if people don't like what you do, you won't sell any yeah. albums. So it's like a weird balancing act, right? Like it's you, definitely balancing. You have to be true to yourself, but you have to also be able to sell albums. You can be an artist and respectful. <laughs> yes. <laughs> like those aren't mutually exclusive things. You can. Uh, at least he didn't get up on the stage and knock her out like uh, yeah. you know, tr- uh, Will, Will Smith, Smith tried yeah. to do. <laughs> that was pretty bad. So Kanye, according to MSN.com, is, uh, Twitter actually has confirmed it has locked Kanye West, who now goes by Ye, out of his account after he posted a supposedly anti-Semitic tweet on Saturday. They said the account in question has been locked due to a violation of Twitter's policies. Now, they didn't say, I don't think, how long he's been locked out. So if you go to his profile, it still shows it. So he hasn't been banned from the platform. Just wait for Elon Musk to bring him back. Well, Elon Musk actually (laughs) welcomed him back to Twitter. There you uh, go. Because apparently Kanye has not been using Twitter up until just within the last weekend. Okay. Uh, So uh, Twitter has since removed the offensive tweet, but several users screenshotted the post before Twitter took it down. Uh, He said in the offensive, supposedly offensive post, quote, I'm a bit sleepy tonight, but when I wake up, I'm going DEFCON 3 on JEWISH PEOPLE, which the JEWISH PEOPLE is in all caps. He said further, the funny thing is I can't, or the funny thing is I actually can't be anti-Semitic because black people are actually Jew also. You guys have toyed with me and tried to blackball anyone who ever opposes your agenda. I don't know if your article gets into it, but he had a a DM, you know, back and forth with diddy about it too and he accused diddy 
of being one of the Jews sent by the Jewish <laughs> agenda to put him in his place. So, like, is he on drugs? Is he? I'm just trying to like figure out what's going on here because normal people don't think this way. You know, normally sane people are. It seems like a psychotic break to me. Like, it seems like he's. This is how a person would act that was maybe abusing meth. And they get real paranoid and, and like a lot of fleeting thoughts and delusions. Well, I mean, is it a delusion? Look, I'm not taking his side. I'm yeah. not, uh, I would not group all Jewish people together. But is it a delusion to say that Jewish people are overrepresented in the halls of entertainment? No. In the high end, it is not delusional. It's to not say delusional that. to say right. that. Right. That's a fact. I think it's uh, ironic that, you know, both uh, Candace Owens and Kanye West both have white spouses. <laughs> so, of course, white mm. lives matter to them if they plan on getting any. <laughs> okay. You know, uh, but con- uh, so I think that could play a role in their psychological motives uh, for doing this, because I, I think they could actually be overcompensating uh, for perhaps guilt for marrying outside their race because they probably are getting pressure and looks from other blacks about um, them having uh, non-black spouses. That's one thing I'd like to know. Now, make. are you just speculating on that or do you happen to know something about there being pressure about that? Because I would like to hope that we're beyond that at this point where where people who know you or whatever, even if they don't know you, they would think, oh, He's with somebody who makes him happy. They're happy together or whatever. I mean, good for them. Why would it matter to anyone what... I mean, there's obviously racists out there that are going to, on, on all right. sides, that are going to believe that. But are they really a large enough chunk of people to where it should matter what they think? I have heard the narrative before that white women are taking all of the good black men. I have heard <laughs> black women say that before. And all Whether stuck it's with true, probably not. Like... But I've heard that before. Paul, anything else you want to share? Uh, yeah, one other thing concerning uh, Jewish overrepresentation in government, particularly, I think is uh, uh, something uh, dangerous, actually, because many of them harbor uh, allegiance towards Israel, and they'll steal uh, or, or pervert American foreign policy and favor it to a, with a pro-Israeli slant. And I really want to urge you and your audience to uh, look up, uh, there's a list on the Jews in the Biden administration, and it's over at the Jewish Virtual Library. And you'll find that a lot of the key positions in our government, uh, Secretary of Treasury, Janet Yellen, uh, Tony Blinken, Secretary of State, uh, Merrick Garland, the Attorney General, and on and on, are uh, basically our positions filled with Jews. I, now, get, what you're, I get what you're saying. That's but... another weird one. You know, I'm half Jewish and half Christian, and um, I, I can see this from the inside, the way this is going. And I can I can give you the answer right off the top of my head. I know exactly what it is. Uh, the, they say that the Chinese and the Jews are have the top marks when it comes to all kinds of tests. Well, I can tell you that the, the difference between the two families, because my paternal grandmother is the daughter of a very successful you know, Jewish businessman from Venice, Italy, a Sephardic Jew who had a business that was European-wide. And my maternal grandfather's grandfather, paternal grandfather, was a Roman senator, one of the last of the Roman senators when Rome came to an end in 1861 as an independent country, as a city-state. Okay, so, so I know that. And they were both very successful, and I know what the difference is. The difference is that 
the, the, the Jews, that is my paternal grandmother, she half Sephardic Jew, half Ashkenazi Jew. When I was a little kid, she made, on, on Sundays, I, I was over at her place, and she would go through my work that I was doing at school, pedantically, to show me how it should be done. A mother should sit, sit down with her child, and she'll go through each exercise at the end of the day, and make sure that the child understands everything, and that could take a while. The Chinese do the same thing. There's they're, they're, a very, very successful Chinese man on the radio. So just to uh, clarify what you're saying here, uh, you're saying that your Jewish grandmother, uh, she was more diligent with you? She went over more uh, homework? Or as a culture, the yeah, Jews and the Chinese well, my people? My mom I, um, I figured out, we got this book from a guy by the name of Dr. Spock, and that, 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 that convinced her that her philosophy was correct, which says basically let your kid run wild, do just fine. And my paternal okay. grandmother, she, she thought that was horrible. How can someone who purports to be like Jesus, right? Because that's what a Christian is supposed to be. It's supposed to be someone who emulates Christ, who is supposedly the Prince of Peace. So how can someone like that support such a warmongering government? Now, according to the Washington Post, uh, they say that about half of evangelicals, this is a story from 2018, support Israel because they believe it is important for fulfilling the end times prophecies. Oh, there you go. So as I was suggesting, I just didn't remember the the details. They interviewed a pastor, Robert Jeffries, who I guess is some big, big deal in Christianity or something like that. And Jeffries, uh, let's see, or actually this is University of North Texas professor Elizabeth Oldmixon told Vox, Quote, the tenet of Christian Zionism is that God's promise of the Holy Land to the Jews is eternal. It's not just something in antiquity. When we talk about the Holy Land, she says, God's promise of the Holy Land, we're talking about real estate on both sides of the Jordan River. So the sense of a greater Israel and expansionism is really important to this community, meaning the evangelicals. Uh, Jerusalem, Jerusalem is just central to that. It's viewed as a historical and biblical capital, unquote. So now, and the way to get that is violence and killing and killing. People. Okay, yeah, all right, just make because sure. that's what Jesus wants, right? Uh, and you know the story goes on here, uh, and I haven't I haven't had a chance to really to read through it, but that's just a little bit about what they believe. They they believe in the expansion of Israel. So I guess its current form is not good enough yeah. in order to trigger the end times. And Bonnie mentioned something about temples or whatever. So like there's a, there's certain real estate there that they want to make sure is in the hands of the Jews because that's what God said had to happen in order for Jesus to come back and, you know, trigger the rapture and and take them all to heaven or whatever it is. That, this is all in the magical book. Yeah, written apparently. by the goat farmers yeah. thousands of years ago. Okay. You think that if this was real, it wouldn't be such a you know it would just happen, right? You they wouldn't have to do all to of force these it. things. Yeah it, yeah, it really feels like it's being forced. It's like, well, we have to murder you, or else Jesus won't come back. Well, well God can't be everywhere, so he needs his boots on the ground, people to do the dirty work for him. Me being of both a Sephardic as well as an Ashkenazi background, I learned as a child the emphasis on education was so highly encouraged in both cultural backgrounds of my Jewish heritage and learning about the importance of you come as an immigrant to America, you better be American and blend in, forget the old religious ways, they're outdated, 
go and study, 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 and become something because back in Europe, you were not permitted to own property, own land, be a member of the Guild Society, so you better make something of your life and be successful. Mm-hmm. In terms of Paul and his comment on... Many, Hold on, before you go on, before you go on to that point, Gigi, so what you're saying is the fact of being an immigrant led to greatness for Jewish people because they because were driven. Of education mm-hmm. emphasized culturally. Yes, and I think sir. that's true, by the way, of all Im- of a lot of immigrants to the United yes, States. Okay. The, the average immigrant... communities, absolutely. The, the average I immigrant agree. in the United States, or at least the ones that have you know come here to make a better life for themselves, I they agree. are more likely to be entrepreneurs than native-born yes. people. Okay. They, they're more likely yes, to sir. have successful businesses as because well they care about that. I, men and women, yes. I, I might take a little issue with the blending into American thing because at, at least in New York, right, the Orthodox Jewish community is pretty well insulated from the rest you, of sir. society. Yes, sir, I agree with you. The ultra-Orthodox choose not to assimilate. So in that respect, I agree with you. But that you, doesn't sir. mean they haven't been tremendously successful at the I'm same not, time. Uh, yeah, correct, they're very correct. successful, yeah. but they did, they did not blend at all. In fact, no. during, during the COVID lockdowns, so that, you know. Well, I think that's great. Uh, honestly, I don't think you have to blend in order to be. So you shouldn't have to be in order to be successful. No. And Chinatowns and Little Italy's and examples Correct. of where people didn't Correct. change and they created a uh, carved out a spot for themselves and but managed I to make that work. I did pull up a, another story from Newsweek just to t- try to find a little bit more information about what it is that these Christians believe about. Israel and why they're so like vehement in support of this particular state that is murdering people. And that's like clearly not a Christ-like thing to be doing, but they do it anyway. So why? What's their reason for it? According to a Newsweek story published in 2018, headline, Trump will start the end of the world, claim evangelicals who support him. They say that Jerusalem has a central role as the city of prophecy and the place where the end times play out. According to the prophecy, supposedly, a 1,000-year period of peace must be followed by seven years of tribulation, during which wars, disease, and natural disasters will lay waste to the earth. In the book of Revelation, Israel is described as a nation that exists during the time of tribulation, and Jerusalem's Jewish temple is resurrected during this period. The last temple was destroyed around 70 AD, and today there is a mosque on the Temple Mount where the two previous temples are believed to have stood. Evangelicals believe that a unified Israel with control over Jerusalem will facilitate the construction of a new Jewish temple and then set the groundwork for the end of times. So how big does Israel have to be then? Because it seems like it's ever-expanding well beyond whatever borders you would need to say, like, nope, this is a country. Well, there's also theory that that's not even the correct Israel. Okay. That Israel is somewhere else and they picked the wrong spot. Wouldn't surprise mm-hmm. me. Yeah, so I don't know enough about the geography to know where this temple was, okay. uh, whether it's still in their control. And if it is, it must not be, right? Because they're not building the new temple there or whatever. Well, okay. Right? And if it's not, let's just assume for a moment that mm-hmm. it's not in their control. They've been able to amass so much more landmass in that general region over the years that you would think a concerted effort on that temple property would be enough to reclaim it, Mm. right? Stop bombing the children out, you know, on the West Bank or wherever 
and just send everyone to control the temple. Yeah, just go build your temple. Yeah. What do you know, if anything, about this Temple Mount, uh, this this oh, site wait, that you is so... read from Newsweek is right on key. Okay. The Orthodox Jews, the ultra Orthodox that Richie was referring to, as well as the Christian Zionists that Pastor Jeffries made mention of that you quoted in another article, they are on key. Why do you think the moral majority and Jerry Falwell were bosom buddies with Menachem Begin, and so many members of APAC are evangelical Christians. Okay, but I just don't know enough about this place. I mean, where is it basically right now uh, in relation to Israel? Is it under their control or not? Yes, it is. And that's why we always see incredible violence, Mm -hmm. frustration, and so-called skirmishes between Palestinians going to pray at the mosque and the Israeli military. And it's a disgrace that it should take place. People should be able to go and worship whoever they are, whatever their background is. Is so, this hold on just to clarify, is this in the Palestinian territory or is it outside of that? She just said it was under Israeli control. I I understand yeah. that, but it's so, under Israeli military control. We need Palestine's that under Israeli control too, isn't it? Yes, so, like, sir, I agree. But do the yes. Israeli but they're they're locked off, right? Palestine is sort of oh, yes, blocked off. Oh yeah, they're locked off and let's be specific. So it's understood and it's thorough. Palestinians by and large are locked off economically as well as spiritually. So I want to clarify then. This uh, mount is currently under Israeli control. However, there's still a mosque on top of it that the that Palestinians wish to go to pray to and are they're prevented to. They're not always able to comfortably, okay. and they're not always able to peacefully. But Israel could, like, mount a defensive with all the funding and weaponry and soldiers that they have to just defend this mount sufficiently to knock well, down the mosque before, and build a temple. And nobody, it's been done before, and in my personal opinion, it's wrong. Is Kanye West still kissing up to Trump in the White House? Uh, Trump's not in the White House right now. Oh, depends on who you talk oh, to. Really? Oh, really? <laughs> Last That's I checked, it was Joe Biden. Biden that was in the White House, but, you know. Maybe physically. Then why, does he still, why does Trump still think he's president? The election was stolen. It's rigged. Yeah, sure, right. And, and you can't provide any proof. Uh, Kanye West is an idiot, man. Come on. He needs to be committed. By the way, how's his marriage going these days? I think huh? he's broken up. Didn't they get a divorce? He's yeah. dating someone new. The Kim right. Kardipian, the, 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 the meathead. Two meatheads together <laughs> now is, they're, they're separated. Now, hold on. I just you want know, to know, Jerome, if, if Kanye yeah. West supported Joe Biden or Barack Obama, would you call him a meathead? No, I call Yeah, I still call, call him an him ally. A, a meathead no. You would. Because he's a meathead. Who, no matter who he supports, he's a meathead. He makes no sense. He said he's never read a book, okay? Wow. How do you get through school? How do you get through school, man, without ever reading a book? I am, That's what I heard a quote from him. To do. I, I don't believe that. He never read a book. That's crazy. You ever heard him talk? He's a dummy. 
uh, his music sucks. He's overrated. He's a dummy. He's hey. He, he provides nothing. Now, yeah. hold on. If I could be that wealthy and have never read a book, I would take it. <laughs> Here's what I have to say about that, Jerome. I mean, as somebody who's not very familiar with his musical catalog, uh, Bonnie has played some of it for me. And honestly, it doesn't do anything for me at all. I, I really don't care for uh, for Kanye West's music. Uh, I'm not a huge rap fan, but there's some rap that is is good. You can, it's listenable. You know, you yep. go back to the Sugar Hill Gang, for instance, some of the stuff from the 90s. Um, I don't know what it's like today. I honestly don't. I it's couldn't get bad i couldn't name two other current rappers you know uh the other one i can think of is puff daddy but that was from like two decades ago right so well, but also in the kanye mix like he was the one that did he he's yeah. the one who kanye said was sent by the jews to try and convert him <laughs> you mentioned this herschel walker guy jerome i had i hadn't heard about him previously he's been in the news recently is he like a sports star also a football player yeah yeah, he was a football player at Georgia way back thirty something years ago. What's his what's the yeah. story with this guy? Forty something years Why ago. is he back in the news? Because uh, he's a politician now. Well Ugh. he's 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 their puppet. He's the latest uh Republican created puppet, you know, trying to win the Senate seat in Georgia. Uh-huh. Jeff he's got a few problems like he pays for abortions but he's pro life. How the hell do you pay for abortions? And Wait a minute. Are you saying time. a politician is a hypocrite? Donald Trump? Hold on. Are you what saying, you Jerome, are you saying politicians can be hypocrites? Are you saying Republicans can be hypocrites? Yes. Yes, I am. Are okay. you saying that all politicians can be hypocrites? Because that's what I believe. Hey, and they are. always tell me, Jerome. They all lie, Jerome. They, they do, lie. Jerome. And when you start yeah. to to agree and understand that, when you can finally see the hypocrisy on yeah. the left as clearly as you can see the hypocrisy on the right, then you'll look back and you yeah. say, you know what, those guys on Free Talk Live, they were right all along about this stuff. Hey, I can't. You know what I wish? I wish when like when Friday comes, you and I could sit down and watch the uh, Raphael Warnock, Herschel Walker debate. Because man, that's gonna be must. My God, I couldn't. I can't imagine watching a political debate unless it had a libertarian in it. If it, if there's no Ron Paul, if there's no principled libertarian on the stage, oh, yeah, I, I couldn't Paul. keep awake. Okay. I will say this: then watch it with libertarians because the commentary from the peanut gallery <laughs> right, could yeah. also be fun. The actual, the full post. Quote, I'm a bit sleepy tonight, but when I wake up, I'm going DEFCON 3 on Jewish people. He writes that in all caps. The funny thing is, I can't actually be anti-Semitic because black people are actually Jew. Also, you guys have toyed with me and tried to blackball anyone who ever opposes your agenda. Now, I don't want to jump to conclusions here. It looks bad on its face, uh, given that he just cites all Jewish people. But it is hard to communicate in 280 characters or less, uh, and that's all you have on Twitter. And, of course, now he's been suspended from Twitter, so he has no ability to uh, clarify his statements. Or he's any. also clearly not new to this, right? You don't put Jewish in all caps. You just put the three parentheses around whatever you're talking about, and everyone knows what you're talking about after that point. I don't know this tactic. Oh, what, okay, what never you, mind. What is the three it, parentheses? It's a dog whistle. It's a to indicate Jews. Oh, oh I didn't okay. know that. Oh, yeah, get with the times, people. Well, because, look, I mean, we did. We then talked about the fact that Jewish people are highly represented in certain areas, whether it be banking or Hollywood or, or politics. Uh, but that doesn't mean that all Jewish people are part of some grand conspiracy uh, to rule the world. I mean, that's a ridiculous viewpoint. So 
it's hard to believe that that's what he believes, but maybe he does believe that. And it's not unheard of that there are, you know, black racists that don't like Jewish people, right? Like, that's that's a thing, isn't it? Well, it doesn't make sense to say, oh, well, I can't be anti-Semitic because I'm black. <laughs> Well, because he, black people aren't Jewish people, like those are two different things. No, he claims they are. they are Jews. Like that's what he said. Like, I know that's what he said, yeah. but it's well, wrong. Why wouldn't they be? Wasn't Jesus black? I mean, like, are we all Jewish though? I don't know. It just doesn't make any sense. Apparently, uh, according to the we're DNA all black test, and we're I'm all 11%. Jewish. I'm eleven percent okay. Jewish. Jewish. All right. Well, I don't okay. think we're all Jewish because you can test at zero. Yeah. I think, but I've never been tested, um, and also I don't. How do I want to put this without sounding like I'm defending Kanye West? (laughs) (laughs) I want to defend his right to freedom of speech, which obviously he is not on a free speech platform if he's on Twitter or Instagram, and they have the right to restrict people for whatever reasons they want to, but... You know, whether I agree with what Kanye says or, or I don't, and I don't agree with DeathCon 3 against yeah. Jewish people, um, he should have the freedom to, to say what he wants. So the DeathCon 3 on Jewish people, if he feels that he's being attacked by certain people, and the people that he feels attacked by all happen to be Jewish, right, then it stands to reason that he's not going DeathCon 3 on all of the Jews or everyone that identifies as Jewish – Right, but that those are the ones that are attacking him, which is why he's going, you know, on the attack or you know to retaliate against those. Well, and it would also stand to reason that if it's true that Jewish people are indeed overrepresented in Hollywood and the music industry, then he and wouldn't politics. be. Then he wouldn't be the success that he is yeah. if it weren't for some Jewish owner of an album label or whatever. Right? You know what I think this is? I think he loves attention. Yes. In putting yeah. Jewish people in all caps on Twitter, um, you know, saying horrible things, getting kicked off of Twitter. Wearing that just gave him. I mean, shirt. we're talking about him on Free Talk Live right now. Yeah. The first thing that really got people riled up was he had a White Lives Matter shirt on. And there was a lot of photos of the backside of this shirt where he was standing with Candace Owens wearing a similar shirt. But then we found out later what was on the front side of the shirt. Apparently, it's an image of a pope called Juan Pablo II. And according to a story at hitc.com explaining this particular shirt, apparently it was also known as Pope John Paul. So this person was referred to in a couple of different ways. Uh, He was born in Poland and was the pope from 1978 until he died in 2005 and subsequently made into a saint. And I guess Kanye already named one of his albums The Life of Pablo and recorded the track called Saint Pablo. So apparently Hmm. he's kind of got a a thing for this particular pope, and that would be why he had the shirt on. And I'm guessing the whole White Lives Matter thing is just to troll and set people off because he knew he set people off. Like you were saying, Nikki, he likes the attention. Yeah. He got a lot of it when he put a uh, MAGA hat on a few years ago, and he's getting the same kind of attention now. Well, it's marketing and advertising, you know? Attention equals money. Right. All these companies are marketing his product for him, basically. Now, as you said, I think it was during the break, you looked up the, uh, the Pope shirt, and you can buy the thing. You know, so... Whether he's getting a cut off of selling the Pope shirts or not, who knows? He probably Smart. is. Smart. It wouldn't surprise me if well, he it's, were. And it's important to not become irrelevant. So as he ages and mm-hmm. as a lot of new, younger artists get in the scene, you have to stay relevant. Stay on top of the game. I grew up and still do enjoy like professional wrestling. Okay. And so in those 80s, early 90s, you know, that was like the hairdo of the popular wrestlers. Sure. But I've never had a mullet. 
So never rocked it. Got the long hair. You got long hair. You can make it happen. I could. Not going to (laughs) happen. Like no desire at all. But (laughs) you could though. I could. Absolutely could. And you could too because your hair is longer than mine. Yeah, Yeah. I could. Was it just a shaved, shaved around the sides? Is that? It's been so long. Yeah, it's like shaved, shorter on the top. Business in the front, party in the back. Right, long in the back. That's what it is. Okay. Uh, On the steps of City Hall, just north of Dallas, pony by genuine oozed from speakers as 14 men tossed and bucked their mullets before a panel of judges and a crowd peppered with even more mullets Mm. in hopes of making the final round of this year's USA Mullet Championship. Up for consideration were tightly coiled mullets and beach wave mullets, weedy mullets and mullets cascading down past shoulder blades. Some were uncombed, while others were glistened with product and perspiration. One mullet was graying, and two featured the shape of Texas, shaved into <laughs> one side and the American flag on the other. Ah, see, those guys knew their audience. Right. Yeah. Of the 14 mullets which were chosen from the initial pool of 30 applicants, one would go on to join a group of 25 that featured some of the lushest, wackiest, and most extravagant mullets in the country. Some in the top 25 advanced from other live competitions in places including Pueblo, Colorado, Buffalo, New York, and Indianapolis. This is the finals. This is the national championships. Others won online votes or were selected as finalists by special guest judges, including retired NFL defensive end Jared Allen and comedian Theo Vaughn, a former contestant on MTV's World Rules. A champion mullet will be crowned in an online vote that ends Tuesday. When was this Mm -hmm. article dated? Yeah, this is uh, from Saturday, so this coming Tuesday. Uh, Get your votes in now, people. The winning hairstyle will will represent the best of about 600 total mullets in this year's competition, which was free to enter. Hopefuls just had to have a supply headshots. In addition to bragging rights, the victor will receive prizes that include $2,500, and a pair of sunglasses from Pit Viper, a competition <laughs> sponsor. That's awesome. So it's mulletchamp.com if you want to vote. Vote for my boy, Buddy Campbell. <laughs> Why? What do you like about this guy? I love this guy. I'm, I I don't know. I, I'm in a Facebook group with him, so we've had some discourse. You and really he's are into this. Okay. <laughs> in a group. Wow. As so, soon as we started talking about it, it's like, oh, I'm in the group. I'm confused about how this thing ever got named. Is it? A mullet is a fish. It is. I mean, the fish head do? Come on, give me a break. Where'd this thing come from? I'm when surpri- my kid was little, like back in the 80s, all the little kids wanted to have a tail. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? That little tuft of hair that hangs long down the middle of your back. Yeah, the rat tail. And, uh, he was only about 8, 10 years old, I suggest. So he was still, you know, ascertainable, so to speak. All right, so well, i, I got to answer your question here, Major. According to Wikipedia, so take it with a grain of salt if you want to, but they say, according to the Oxford English Dictionary, the use of the term mullet to describe this hairstyle was, quote, apparently coined and certainly popularized by American hip-hop group the Beastie Boys. Really? Wow. I didn't okay. know that. And they say that the Beastie huh. Boys used mullet and mullet head as epithets in their 1994 song Mullet Head, combining it with a description of the haircut. But didn't it exist like long prior to that? It just didn't have... Didn't Maybe. have a name. I apparently. didn't know the. Know. Wow, that's news to me. Uh, description of the haircut: quote number one on the side and don't touch the back. Number six on the top and don't cut it. Whack Jack. 
They expounded on the subject at length nice. in a six-page article entitled Mulling Over the Mullet in issue number two of their magazine, Grand Royale, offering a selection of alternative names for the cut, including hockey player haircut and soccer rocker. Nice. Cool. So now you know. Well, I can, I can give myself a segue here because a mullet is a fish. Have you guys dealt with the news from the Bering Sea here? No. You, heard, no. you talked about those two Russians? Yeah, fleeing uh, Putin's uh, uh, draft. Oh, yeah, they yeah, sailed okay. across the Bering Straits, ended up on some little Alaskan island in an Inuit settlement, and uh, now they're in Anchorage seeking uh, asylum. Really? There's there's been a handful of draft dodgers mm-hmm. uh, out of Russia. Understandable. Understandable. Um, those two specifically made it to Alaska. Others have made it to like Kyrgyzstan and Kazakhstan and Poland and elsewhere. Yeah, right. yeah, they're they're getting out any way they can. The Absolutely, the burning ship. I can't bl- I can't blame anybody for wanting to avoid going to a completely you know pointless fo- uh, war. No, no, no. Putin's a maniac. Well, and so is Zelensky. <laughs> right, because he prevented it too. And now you've got Zelensky calling for uh, preemptive strikes, which he's now walked back, by the way, later on, saying, oh, 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 I just meant uh, sanctions, preemptive sanctions, not not actual, you know, dropping bombs on Russia. It's okay. So it's amazing. Go ahead, Major. You you never realize your tongue's too long until you went ahead and stepped on it. Mm -hmm. So everyone's all up in arms, lack of a pun there, about Putin and his nuclear option. Yeah. Right. But at one point in time, do the uh, Obama administration, right? They asked him, "Is nu- is the nuclear option available?" And Obama very subtly said, "All options are on the table." Zelensky, Putin, they don't care about the lives involved. They just care about control. Yep. Putin wants control over eastern Ukraine. Yeah. Ukraine wants control over eastern Ukraine. It doesn't matter what the people of eastern Ukraine right. think about it, even though it looks like. By all evidence, they would like to rather be either independent or join Russia. The rest of Ukraine, the western side of it, doesn't want to acknowledge that. The rest of the western world doesn't want to acknowledge that. No one's willing to come to a compromise, so therefore it's going to be dead bodies. But if it gets to the nuclear option, then you're ruling over a nuclear wasteland. Yeah. And I don't know what What's the benefit the point of that yeah, is. Yeah, that's a great point. To some extent... Everyone knows that, right? Like, that's that's why no one goes with that option, and it just gets talked about. Thank sure. goodness, thankfully. But um, usually the talking about it leads to the talking about it, mm-hmm. right? Like of, if you go, peace talks, you mean? Right. Like, mm-hmm. you, can't, you can't, like, how much credibility does Putin lose if he goes, like, if you don't come to the table, we're going to nuke you. And, and then Zelensky goes, like, yeah. well, we're not coming to the table. And then Putin goes, well, I can't really push the button. Well, Putin hasn't said that. Okay. Right. Putin has only said, and I've, I've listened to his, one of his speeches in the last couple of weeks, the perspective that he has is we will use whatever force is necessary, including nuclear, to defend ourselves. So that means so, it's a response to an attack. Okay. Now the question will then becomes when Ukraine attacks the eastern side of Ukraine, which Putin is now calling Russia because of the recent vote that happened, Will that require a nuclear response? And I think that would also require Ukraine to drop a nuke first in order for there to be a nuclear response from from Putin. Because until then, Putin's likely just going to keep amping up the number of troops that he sends in there. That's why all these people are running to other right. areas because they don't want to get sent there. And there's now been apparently 200,000 uh, reservists that have been called into active duty in yeah. Russia. So, But again, the nuclear thing is on the table 
It always bolts. is. Always is. Yeah. But then how do you resolve it? Like if you don't come, if you don't massive come, worldwide destruction is it's the way that resolves if somebody triggers. A, well, I mean, a before bomb. that, right? If like if you don't come to if you don't come to the negotiating table and either allow that side of you know the eastern part of Ukraine to annex to Russia or become independent or whatever, right? Then you can't you can't say we're going to use nukes, not get the resolution you want, and then not use the nukes. There's some interesting news about how much worse things are getting in Ukraine. You know, the the bastion of democracy, the bastion of freedom. At least that's what the Western mainstream media wants you to believe. That's that's the propaganda that they're pushing. Total propaganda. Of course, earlier this year, uh, we know that right when the conflict began, Ukraine locked down the borders to all males, I think upwards of age 60. They couldn't leave because they could be uh, conscripted into the Ukrainian military, and they wanted to make sure they stuck around. Fight for your country. They further restricted the opposition party from being able to run in elections. Further, they abolished the opposition party even further. So if you were a pro-Russian party in Ukraine, you didn't exist anymore. Sounds like the beginnings of a dictatorship. They denied the election results from the recent referendum in eastern Ukraine in the Donbass province or the Donbass section in the areas to the south of that. They said, nope, those are illegitimate. That's a, a sham election. So but you're not allowed to do that. Democracy apparently doesn't count where they don't want it to count. Yeah. Well, and that's the same thing here, too. They've also banned the Russian language in all kinds of governmental areas and supposedly maybe banning it from just use in society. That's a so, weird one because there's going to be native Russian speakers there. Oh, sorry. Okay. Keep your. Oh, sorry about that. Nikki, you're back. That's with all right. Us. I was wondering Ukraine. where this was. We're, talking about, we're okay. going through the uh, the list of things that belie that they have done that completely belie the the Western media claim that Ukraine is this bastion of democracy when they've banned the opposition party uh, and they've you know and apparently they've they've uh, now they passed an or they're passing a law according to RT dot com which they also won't let you access, by the right. way. Uh, Ukrainian of course government not. And the Western, uh, the European Union will not allow their people to access RT to get the other side of the story. According to this, August 30th, Ukraine's rubber stamp parliament, the Verkov, Verkovna Rada, passed a bill on the media at the first reading, despite the uh, numerous changes that the 300-page document has undergone since Vladimir Zelensky's team developed and submitted it a few years ago. Before the conflict even started. Its essence remains unchanged. If it becomes law, the authority's power over virtually all media outlets will be essentially limitless. The main danger this bill presents is that it grants government agencies the authority to block Internet resources without any court proceedings and revoke licenses from broadcast and print media solely on the basis of complaints. It's Twitter. It's Instagram. Facebook. Uh, these mega platforms, the, the the big media people that refuse to let libertarians into the debate. So the controls here is just less in your face than it is in Ukraine. And we have more options, right? Like we, we can do stuff on the Internet. And as you said, the servers, the decentralized federated servers to get those social media accounts reopened exist. But if they're contr- if they're controlling the Internet right in Ukraine, like they control or attempt to control the Internet in China, it's less likely that those things get built or accessed from those locations. 
At the same time, the bill contains a ban on publishing any messages contradicting the official government line on military issues. It's likewise forbidden to cover speeches made by officials of the aggressor country, meaning Russia, or cast former USSR party functionaries in a positive light, for example, including Ukraine's own Leonid Brezhnev. The law would also hold foreign media responsible for any of its audiovisual content available in Ukraine. Foreign media would be held responsible. I'm not sure how they're going to do that, but that's what they're saying. Sanctions. Social networks, including foreign ones, will be obliged to remove any material the National Council deems undesirable. This is scary. I mean, that's like some 1984 stuff. But yet the the leftists or the people, because I guess some people on the right, but the people cheering on Ukraine are yeah. probably going to cheer this on. They're cheering on the suicide well, bombing this weekend. Well, people don't even, people aren't going to hear about this. You know, like all those people hanging Ukraine flags in their front yep. windows. They have absolutely no clue what is going on yeah, over there. Well, okay. And... To be clear, then, are we obligated to take this story with the grain of salt? It's from our source. Yeah. But yeah. I, you know what? I, look, the source, in my opinion, is one of the best sources of journalism on the planet. Did you or someone you love work, live, or serve at Camp Lejeune between 1953 and 1988? If you or someone you know lived, served, or worked at Camp Lejeune between 1953 and 1988 and has cancer, Parkinson's disease, or another serious health issue, they are entitled to compensation. To see if they are eligible, they need to call Liberty Legal. Contaminants in the drinking water have led to these serious diseases and legislation is now available for veterans and family members who may qualify for financial help from the government. There may be a time deadline, so don't wait. Call 888-918-1037. Anyone that has lived, worked, or served at Camp Lejeune from 1953 to 1988 and has had cancer, Parkinson's disease, or another serious health issue, the money is already set aside. 888-918-1037. 888-918-1037. Among the offenses that can get a media outlet banned is distributing programs in which any participant is on the list of persons who pose a threat to the national oh. media space in Ukraine. This is compiled by the National Council itself and does not require anyone's consent. The domestic terrorist list. Otherwise, the essence and spirit of the bill is preserved, including severe censorship of so-called objectionable media. The American Committee for the Protection of Journalists didn't call on the Verkhovna Rada to reject the bill on media for nothing. I can't see this ending poorly at all. Yeah. It's ugly. Uh, The president of the European Federation of Journalists bluntly stated that it means compulsory media regulation, quote, fully controlled by the government, worthy of the worst authoritarian regimes. She's convinced that, quote, a state that would apply such provisions simply has no place in the European Union. Oh, well. Good for her. Yeah. I mean, can't be a bad thing to get them out of there, you know. Uh, there's even more interesting history here. According to this, the war on journalists didn't just start in Ukraine. In the year 2000, there was an abduction and death of Georgi Gongags, the creator of the Ukrainian Truth website. 
who harshly criticized corruption in the country's highest echelons of power. A number of high-ranking officials were accused of being involved in the murder of that journalist, who then-President Leonid Kushma viewed as objectionable, but the investigation revealed the involvement of only four perpetrators. One of these was the head of the Ukrainian Ministry of Internal Affairs, main criminal investigation department, General Pukach, who allegedly gave the order to liquidate the journalist. Wow, they didn't cover that up very well. The, the irony is the U.S. media was very anti-Ukraine prior back, back the then yeah. and up right up until, you know, the, the Russian invasion story. Yeah, there have right? been some, I remember seeing an image online showing pre-invasion, like right. the Guardian or other Western media versus headlines after the invasion. Right. What's up with that? Well, the now narrative they just, changed. Yeah. yeah, now they hate Russia more than they hated Ukraine, so they have to pretend to like Ukraine because they hate Russia. The new bad guy. But clearly... Yeah. Oh, the old bad guy. Same as the new bad guy. But clearly Ukraine hasn't changed all that much, right? They were doing bad things back then. Right. They're escalating the bad things now, but it's being covered up in the Western media because Russia's worse. Well, it doesn't matter what... Yeah, exactly. Like you said, it doesn't matter what Ukraine is doing. Russia bad. That's right. all you need to know. Right now, that's all you need to know. Two years ago, Ukraine was terrible. Why Anat- would they even? Here's more. Anatoly Shari, uh, who was engaged in a high-profile investigative journalism for a number of Ukrainian publications between 2008 and 2011, almost shared the other journalist, Gongza, Gongda's fate. In 2011, a non-staff employee of the Ministry of Internal Affairs tried to intimidate the journalist, and a month later, an attempt was made on his life. However, afterwards, Ukrainian police said that Shari himself was to blame. As a result, he was forced to flee the country and officially registered in the EU as a political refugee. Regarding uh, Mr. West, I'm kind of like John McCain. Like, you really want to upset me? Play some rock music. So, um, but moving on from that, uh, what I really want to discuss is, uh, the destruction of the, uh, the, uh, Nord Stream pipeline and then a followed up destruction of the, uh, bridge making Crimea to Ukraine. Mm-hmm. So the pipeline uh, sorry, false sorry, flag sorry, attack sorry, or no? Yeah. What's that? Say the, again? The pipeline false flag attack or no? Oh, uh, uh, well, somebody definitely blew it up. Yeah, um, didn't probably, so probably didn't do that on its own. Shark attack. Yeah. What really concerns me is that our the honorable Mr. Biden um, at a dinner party was discussing the threat that that Putin was going to use uh, nuclear weapons, and now I've just learned that they've raised the nuclear threat level up, and I'm just wondering if. If they're using it as an excuse for a preemptive strike, that we might be worried about what we're going to do. Who's we? America. Oh, you mean the government, the U.S. federal government? Right. They might be justifying ourselves using nukes on them rather, you know. Could be. I hope not. (laughs) So do I. Yeah. That sounds sounds terrifying. Yeah, that is it's that is scary. scary but who do you think was behind the Nord Stream two pipeline? Do you have a theory? I don't, and I I don't want to discuss it. But it's really hard. You brought to it know. up, Joe Biden. Bring it up. Okay, <laughs> you did see the video of well, Joe Biden from February where he promises to take out the Nord Stream pipeline if Russia invaded Ukraine. You've seen that video, right? 
I, I didn't see the video, but I did read the articles about yeah. it. And then Poland thanking him for doing it after yeah, it got... Yeah, that's right. And then there yeah, was apparently it, evidence, by the way, uh, somebody, one of these internet guys who knows about the flight technology, there's one of these flight trackers, uh, somebody linked to it on our chat uh, server at chat.freetalklive.com, where a dude pulls up, uh, I forget it was like Skyview or something like this, one of these things where you it's on your desktop computer and it's really fancy and it shows you the flight paths of yep. all these different things in the past and you can look at the serial numbers of the planes and there's a, a plane, P8... Uh, Poseidon, I think is what it was called. It's known as like a sub-hunter plane. Okay. And it's the only plane in the vicinity. I called in and uh, discussed uh, Joe Biden's quote-unquote pardon of 6,500 uh, marijuana users um, that are currently, sit- that are quote-unquote currently sitting in jail for simple marijuana. No, they're sessions. not. They're not sitting yeah, in jail. that's right. That's right. They're not sitting who in jail. Said, who and said they I- were sitting in jail? Uh. Uh, Joe Biden did, and the oh. uh, aides did initially. But I called in uh, to say it was a big political stunt, and that part I was actually right about. But I said there were very few people that were actually going to get released on that, and I was wrong about that because it turns out, and I've got this uh, article pulled up here from the Washington Post, which is an establishment-approved source here. So yeah. um, they nobody, none of them can accuse could accuse me of misinformation, and it says right here. White House officials said there are no individuals currently in federal prison solely for simple possession of cannabis. And I think all of your Democrat, Democratic listeners, if, if there are any left, I mean, I know, I know you guys um, went against their, uh, their kind of uh, opinion on the pandemic, so there might not be any left. Jerome, we're talking directly but, to you now. <laughs> right. Well, if, if there are any left, you should know right now that there are – Zero people sitting in jail for the thing that Joe Biden said he was going to pardon them for. Yeah. So this is an enormous political stunt. That I could have told you that. Nothing. In fact, I'm pretty sure I did mention that earlier this week is that uh, this is something where you're going to get sentenced to, you know, time okay. served for the uh, the night you spent in jail when you got arrested and you'll owe some sort of a fine and that's it. But it is pardoning their record. So they that's will the not have this charge on their record. It is doing something to her, they, even though they it's don't not have lo- to check the box that says I'm a felon now when they're filling out job applications. I don't think it was a felony before. I mean, but that would be ridiculous if it was. It wouldn't surprise me, but I don't think it was. These are people who got caught with a little bit of marijuana when they're out at a national park or, you know, standing at the Lincoln Memorial or something stupid like that. Uh, but th- it is still something that is on their record and now uh, purportedly will no longer be on their record. So it is something. It's not an end to the war on drugs. It's barely even the beginning to the end of the war on drugs. But if something big comes out of this, it might be the potential rescheduling for cannabis, which he's supposedly ordering them to look at. It wouldn't surprise me if it takes him two more years, though, to, uh, to figure that one out. You just listened to the new extended Free Talk Live Daily Digest. We felt this format was more appropriate for our podcast audience and decided to make it our official podcast. If you subscribe to the Daily Digest or full episode RSS feeds, please resubscribe to the main FTL podcast feed, which you can find at feeds.freetalklive.com. The other feeds rely on a third-party service, and though they'll have the same content, we can't be sure how long they'll stay online. If you still want the entire radio show, you can listen live every night from 7 to 10 Eastern at freetalklive.com. Full video archives are at video.freetalklive.com or tune into our 24-7 stream for the latest show at listen.freetalklive.com. 
Free Talk Live's amps will continue to receive the full two-hour radio show with no recorded commercials via podcast through Patreon. So please join amps.freetalklive.com for just $5 a month. Thank you for listening to and sharing Free Talk Live. 